Welcome to Quarterly Roundtable from KBNP Financial Partners. This podcast covers the third quarter of 2023. Here are Scott Krisner, Andy Barlow, and Eric Powell. Welcome to the Quarterly Podcast. Today we'll be reviewing the third quarter of 2023. This is Scott Krisner. Andy Barlow here. Eric Powell. So, fellas, who wants to get started today? Well, I think... uh summer flew by way too fast but uh did you guys all have a good summer yeah it was great uh filled with a little bit of travel uh, a lot of time with family and uh, of course football's back as well so uh it's certainly certainly uh, a fun time of year i think our our uh, saturdays and sundays are a little bit more entertaining and it's good to have football back yeah that's for sure go buckeyes um i know they have a uh tough test uh coming up but uh i think they're gonna do well this year you know it's a rebuilding season so we'll, we'll see how it turns out only so many teams can be 4-0 and still say it's a rebuild yeah. season right <laughs> well i've got a shout out to the one person out there other than me it's a bearcat fan so go bearcats going to be a painful season intro to the big 12 and with a new coaching staff and uh bright future though it's Bright future. Bright future. I'm, I'm, I'm tell you anything about them. I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> that was my one liner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've exhausted my UC football knowledge. Well, why don't you impart us with your Wright State Raider football knowledge? Still undefeated. Still undefeated. Still undefeated. <laughs> it's like Xavier football. I'm looking forward to basketball season. That's uh, that's yeah. going to be interesting down in Clifton. So oh, come on, don't rush the fall away here <laughs> i'm out of here i'm ready to get through the fourth quarter yeah. <laughs> get into basketball so i can be excited but uh market hasn't been that rough this year hasn't what to rush it through the fourth quarter yeah <laughs> actually yeah i think even with the uh recent drawdown here we are about even to down low single digits so probably not as bad as what some portended it could be this year um I think it's fair to say we probably hit a few highs we didn't necessarily think were likely. A lot of it a rebound from the correction started last year, especially with the uh, – I know we, you fellas uh, touched on the Magnificent Seven in the second quarter report we did, but those have kind of begun to correct. But, uh, no, overall we're kind of treading water. I think looking at about a three – out. just look back this morning – the last 11 quarters so we're going back to the end of 19 we've really all indices have been in a trading range yeah um you know market hit a a bottom in october of 22 you know we've since rebounded there Uh, at that point you know to your uh, your point scott uh we had the the tech sector there that uh took a huge hit and then has uh, since rebounded uh, here in 2023. And, uh, you know, going back to the Magnificent Seven, you know, when you look at the uh, sector performance um, of those seven, you know, the communication services, they're up uh, 40.43% year to date. You got uh, consumer discretionary, 26 Point five eight, and then information technology uh, up thirty four point seven two percent. So, you know that right there is going to 
have a huge impact on the S and P 500. Um, you know, with it being weighted and you know towards those uh, those three sectors that I just mentioned. Sure, yeah, I think it's certainly we're going to take a little deep dive in that a little later. Um, really, kind of been an interesting year, especially again. You go back to the end of 2022, and I think many people didn't think we'd be sitting in this room here in the, the beginning of the fourth quarter, looking at um, you know a, a non recessionary environment at this point, right? I think the consensus was last year. Uh, sentiment was uh, through the through the floor, and um, I, I think many investors just thought really 2023 was going to be a very very tough year in the markets, and um, hasn't necessarily proven to be the case. So um, certainly some lessons to be learned here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know the growth portion, let's say of the S and P 500, is really um, you know been the main driver there. So uh, you know looking at the value side of things you know there's still some opportunities out there which is very similar to the you know story and um you know earlier this year and before we really started to see the the growth sector uh take off it's kind of been um the past what two years three years has repeated itself right we saw very uh, what we call narrow leadership out of the covid uh covid correction if you will um you know the tech stocks ran really hard value eventually caught up uh or, or you know not fully but certainly trended in the same direction and then of course last year tech got hit the hardest and again to your point it's it's now uh landed on the moon once again so yeah. uh been a very interesting year uh on the other side so for our more conservative investors uh given recent rate hikes right uh the bond markets have um also really not reacted the way that we thought they would um heading into this year i think the consensus was now's a great time to buy bonds uh, as bonds are finally doing what they should be which is providing some some downside protection as well as some some yield or some income uh being that rates again have gone from effectively zero over five percent or so uh but bonds again this year um Kind of a similar situation. We've had a, a couple pockets do do well, but in general, the average bond performance has been uh, flat to negative. Um, so again, it's hopefully um, you know bonds will start doing what we believe bonds should do here in the near future. But I think now is a good time to remain patient and um, let the market sort out these these higher rates. You know, you bring up those points. We're, we're looking at uh, hopefully having the soft landing that we had discussed. I know it was a couple of years ago we got in a discussion whether or not we were in a recession, and by the old definition we were, by the new we were not. Uh, we were hoping the Fed could get it right and uh, bring us in for a soft landing. I know that inflation has eased off somewhat, and stronger economic growth has helped that optimism. I guess the negatives would be the monthly data suggest kind of that economic momentum is slowing, and we may not be out of the woods just yet. But uh, I know the hope is the Federal Reserve is near the end of its uh, tightening cycle, and we can uh, we can kind of stabilize rates here. Uh, I think that'll be very good for the coming quarters. And the the rate hike pause, if you will, here that just took place um, this summer, um, you know, clearly a good thing, uh, signaling the markets that we should be somewhere near our, our, our highest rate. You know, let, let's hope uh, perhaps that is the situation because given the the. the, the the rate at which these these rates have gone up has been rather uh, rather quick, of course. So, seems and, seems to me as though we may be um, close to home, if you will. And you know, to that point, I guess you know the excitement that comes with hey, we're 
probably close to the uh, end. I know one, well, let's say one side wants them to stop just for the very fact you mentioned, Andy, that it was so quick. We haven't yet seen all the ramifications. I know, you know, earlier we were talking about the um, privately here, uh, talking about commercial real estate and how those loans that were written in 2018 are being renegotiated now and at a time where post-COVID, where we have a lot of uh, the workforce that is still work from home, yeah, I, we simply haven't seen all the ramifications for the, the quick rise of rates, I guess is what, what I'm you know, trying to drive home here. So yeah, if you can, um, you know, if you financed a commercial property you know, five years ago, so back in 2018 at a five year arm, you know, uh, that's a dramatic increase, you know, from 2018 to 2023 as far as the interest rate. So, you know, that can have a huge impact on your cash flow, um, you know, as a commercial investor. So, you know, that's across the board. Yeah, exactly. And, and for our, our listeners out there, an arm is simply an adjustable rate mortgage. So, um, your interest rate will remain flat for a certain period of time, at which point, uh, as, as Scott put it, it's renegotiated, if you will. Um, so, as rates rise, then we're going to see higher interest just uh, on those loans, which of course drives your, your payments much higher. So that again, with vacancy as well as um, higher prices, you know, a lot of questions out there on the horizon. Yeah, and so where my mind goes is um, like the residential side. So you know, if you're, um, you know, if you have tenants that are paying, let's say, seven hundred dollars a month. Um, you as the investor went out, got a uh, an adjustable rate. Now rate goes up. Um, you know who's ultimately going to be impacted. So, you know, you could have uh, potential uh, increases in rent there. Um, and, you know, now what we're starting to see uh, hit the economy, let's say, and we'll see the potential impacts is uh, student loan forgiveness. Right. So, right. Uh, you know, that's going to kick in here uh, soon. And, and we've already started to see where, um, you know, savings has been dwindling um, to try to keep up with, you know, same spending rates. Um, so, you know, delinquencies are going to start kicking in and, uh, you know, that can ultimately have an impact on the economy too. What you're saying is the student loans are once again due, payments are resuming, yeah. Payments are um, resuming, yeah. And that's, you know, consumers have, have remained extremely resilient through this, and that's, you know, supported by the solid job growth. But I think we all find it somewhat concerning that we know savings have dwindled and personal debt has gone up. So how much of this growth has been financed by personal debt? And again, that's somewhat concerning as I I don't know many kids that have student loans that set that money aside. So when the payments resumed, you know, they would have the money to, to draw from. So it's going to be interesting. A lot of households here going forward. Looking at the, the latest numbers, I know this, as we record this, we're in the first couple of days of the fourth quarter, but I did see the job growth number uh, came out this morning and where ADP reported 89,000, uh, Dow Jones had estimated it would be 160. So uh, quite a quite a difference, expected 160, and we only see 89,000. Um, and almost all of that, I believe the number is 81,000 or so, uh, was from the service sector. Um, 
uh, the job openings per the Labor Department unexpectedly rose sharply in August. So we seem to be in a time where the numbers are even conflicting day to day or showing different signs. So right now, maybe anybody's guess at, at what point the Fed resumes and how much they go up. As the job market remains tight, right? So tying all this together, um, you know, if we take a step back, roughly 60% of our economy is based off of consumption, right? So that means we need people in the workforce uh, working, right. earning an income so we can go out there and spend and support our economy. So if the if jobs remain tight um, and wages are still growing, we're again at um, at full employment, if you will. That means there's money out there in the economy to be spent to grow the economy, which inevitably we hope would uh, reduce the likelihood of a recession here in the future. Right. Uh, so that's certainly something we're keeping our eye on uh, as it relates to the economy and, of course, the markets. I know we've seen some signs that uh, that historically tight labor market you're speaking of could be loosening, which, you know, just filling the finishing your sentence, it would give Fed another reason to stop raising rates. And I guess another one, I think we were pretty spot on with what we projected when this inflation story really kicked up was there was going to be a spike, but then we would see disinflation, which again is the slowing of that increase, a lowering of the increase. So if you have a few quarters at 9%, maybe then you begin to see seven, six, five, four. So prices are still rising, but at a slower rate than they had been. And that seems to be uh, holding true through this period that infl- the rate of growth of it or increase of inflation has been slowing. And really, through all these rate hikes, right, we haven't seen a ton of pain out in the markets, right? I, I think yeah. the average consumer, uh, the average business, if you will, uh, things are moving along as as they were before. Um, you know, of course, again, from an economic perspective, we heard it put recently, you know, when rates were so low, it's like walking through an airport terminal on one of the um, the sideways escalators, if you will, right? Sideways so, escalator. Sideways escalator. I always refer to it as a moving sidewalk, but there you go. go. I think I'll change to sideways escalator. I'm trying to. But you should have sideways escalator. I would say more of a flat escalator, <laughs> but right. a sideways. sideways. Yeah. Yeah. We're splitting hairs here. Yeah. Uh, it looks as though my my term was probably the least appropriate, but hey, uh, we all know what you're talking about. You know, now. again, yeah, so as long as uh, uh, the message is being heard. But again, on the, the the moving sidewalk, if you will, right? You know, you're walking along at a good pace, and you step onto that sideways escalator, and the amount of effort it takes to go quicker, right, is is the, there's no additional effort required, right? But you're moving quicker. So during the low interest rate environment. That was how businesses and consumers were moving along, right? Uh, because we had this this free or next to free money out there to help us and go out and push spend us and, forward, and, and yeah. push us forward exactly. So now, all of a sudden, uh, with higher rates, it's kind of like our sideways escalator <laughs> has uh, reversed on us, right? Now we're kind of we're battling that 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 incoming. Um, we're battling, you know, we're, we're going upstream at this point. So um, just just a very different climate. It's become a fixed sideways, not moving escalator backwards. Circular. Solid ground. So, yes, when you step off the moving sidewalk, that first step is always, you know, kind of a jolt to the system. But, um, yeah, so, again, just going to be real interesting because if you look at that same conversation, Andy, I'll recall that 
conversation dealt with for 40 years, we were in a declining interest rate environment. For anybody alive, this is unprecedented. And how do you go from a high interest rate environment all the way down to zero, in essence, for that 15 year period, uh, let's say 14 year period, 08 to 22, at virtually zero rates. And now we're in a period where rates are going up. And instead of taking the the teens and early 20s here um, to raise rates, the Fed waited until, you know, 22. And we really saw rates start to get ratcheted up. And they did so at unprecedented amounts. And we just, we don't know what we don't know. It's going to be, uh, yeah, interesting period. I know that, was that Confucius said, may you live in interesting times? Am I getting my... Uh, historical characters wrong, but uh, I don't need the times to get any more interesting myself. Right. Whoever said it, it's, they're spot on. I think, I think we're there. look that up. I think we're there. So, Well, guys, we want to take a step back and get a little nerdy here about... Um, I never left nerdy. Well, maybe we shall join you. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah. um, again, maybe a little bit of a deeper dive here on on um, stock market performance this year and and why, you know, if you're talking to a friend, uh, perhaps their experience may be vastly different than yours. Um, and it all really comes down to, again, what we refer to as narrow leadership, right? So we touched on the, the Magnificent Seven earlier. And, um, and for those unfamiliar, the Seven consists of NVIDIA, Meta, which of course is Facebook, Amazon, Microsoft, Tesla, Alphabet, which is Google, and finally Apple, right? So seven very, very well-known companies. And um, just did a little back testing this year um, to shine a light exactly on on what we're talking about when we, we reference, again, uh, the narrow leadership. So if you bought all seven of these stocks January 1st of this year, equally, right? Uh, your return this year is nearly 80% excuse me 87 percent right and that's down from what 109 yeah it, it was much higher here just um just a couple weeks ago so again uh, nearly an 87 percent return uh if you bought the s p 500 equal weighted so that's um effectively two percent of all 500 companies in, including the seven but again not not having a, an overweight or overexposure to the seven um the 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 equal weight s p 500 is actually uh, only up about 1.7 percent so so again looking at the disparity in returns here um again it, it, this year is really a tale of not necessarily being in stocks, right? But what specific stocks and, and, and what weighting. Um, so with that, again, vastly different experience. Uh, if you didn't own uh, all or a portion of the Magnificent Seven, um, but as as attractive as that is on the surface, right? Who, who doesn't want to make eighty some percent in, in a year or you know three quarters, let's say? Um, you know that that of course, from our perspective, raises additional concerns. Um, so you know, with that, again, if you go out and just buy the market today. The average S&P, not equal weighted, but market weighted, which again, would lean more um, allocation into the seven. Um, you know, you're, you're buying for every dollar that goes in the market nearly over over 30 cents on the dollar. Um, currently about 32 cents on the dollar goes to buy these seven. So again, out of 500 companies, 30% is buying seven. Right. So that's something, again, just to be very cautious of. And again, for a little perspective, this is an all time high. We've never seen this much concentration in the market. So um, so it's one of those things we're not turning our back on the seven. 
But as we manage our portfolios here, we're, we're installing some hedges. Uh, again, we're not selling out, but we're, we're certainly taking a more defensive posture as we continue to hold these in the future. Um, clearly, we don't know if they're going to continue the leadership or if they're going to be the, the shoe to drop here. So, uh, But we think it makes sense to continue owning them. Uh, they're very well-capitalized companies, very strong companies, but we're going to do that with uh, a little bit of caution. Well, I, I take that information to let people know that if your portfolio hasn't experienced that kind of return and it hasn't unless you're in only the magnificent seven to put that in perspective when you look at your return why why haven't i had 89 percent return well that was only seven out of five the 500 correct yeah that's right so if you are one five hundredth you're going to have much lower percent. I think the last time we looked at the number of the rest of the stocks, the other 493, or the whole index wasn't up like 1.9% comparatively. So, um, but it reminds me a lot of 1998 and 99, where the market was behaving in a similar fashion that the index looked like it was really performing well, but it was just, you know, a few stocks that if you weren't in, or weren't in his uh, concentrated positions, he had a different result. So, um, and looking at the global economies, just you know how things are in here in the U.S. I know we are one of the best. I think India, uh, the last quarterly numbers show India is really leading uh, the charge. China and Japan are seem to be uh, in that next tier, and then uh, the U.S. and, and Brazil. Um, round out, let's say, the top five, the worst, uh, three of the top four, UK, Germany, and France. It's a kind of a different life for, for those folks. Just the economic growth is uh, not there. In fact, we're looking at, um, when we look at that heat index, they've got some the red lights going on on the dashboard, if you will. So overall, things are okay. I think we all agree, hey, the past has been pretty good. We're certainly have some concerns going into the fourth quarter of 23 here and then what may uh, lie ahead for us in 24, but we will uh, hit it with gusto, won't we? Absolutely. And again, just another testament to remain patient, right? Um, you know, we, we, we manage with intention here and um, we're, we're aware of what's going on in the markets and and, and uh, it's, it's our goal here uh, to certainly participate, but make sure if things get really nasty out there that our, our clients are as protected as, uh, as we can be. We're coming into the holiday season for everybody and uh, we won't be on the airways for a quarterly podcast until uh, we turn into a new year or so. Yeah, top of next year. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, and uh, we look forward to being with you again. Go Bucks! Thank you. Go Bucks! <laughs> Go Bearcats! <laughs> thank you for listening to this week's podcast. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. Please remember to follow and subscribe to this podcast to receive our new content when it's released. If you would like to speak with any of our financial advisors, please give us a call at 937-390-8750 or look us up on the web at yourfinancialteam.com.